Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to my podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of one, a stepmom of three, a coach, an entrepreneur, and a conversation opener, bent determined to live a kick-ass life. You are looking for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life. You are listening to the right podcast. Life can be hard, really, really hard. But I believe that it's possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. In fact, I'm grateful for all life's challenges. I really, really am because I really believe that overcoming the tough stuff makes life that much better. Each week, I am going to bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts that will inspire you to live your own version of kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. Thank you so much for listening. Let's dive in. All right. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So I want to rewind a bit. About six months ago, smack dab in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, I was driving in my car and I was listening to Lise Wilcox's podcast, which is called To Call Myself Beloved. Now, Lise is no stranger to me and no stranger to this podcast. She's actually been on twice now, and I'm going to link those episodes for you in the show notes. And you know what? I know her from photo shoots that we've been at together and we've been at a couple conferences and obviously Instagram, but our relationship was always very surface level. She is a mindset and transformational coach, which by the way, if you think that sounds super fluffy, I totally get it. I am a life coach myself and I think the term is, I don't know, it just makes me feel I don't know. There's something about, I feel like everyone and their mom is a life coach right now. So that is a different topic for a different day. But if you, like I said, think that's a little fluffy, I get it. Just stay with us here. So I was listening to Lise talk about life and relationships and perspective. And she was calling bullshit on all the things that totally need to be called bullshit. And I was like, I got to work with her. I have to work with her. I pulled over my car. I sent her a message on Instagram I had no idea what she did, how she did it, but I sent her this message and was like, send me the details. I'm in. In my head, I was like, this is either going to be the biggest waste of money or it's going to change the game for me. And that was it. It was a game changer. And I don't want to be one of those people who are like, working with this coach totally changed everything for me. But working with this coach totally changed everything for me. And uh, it's just... She has helped me identify what was holding me back, the blocks that I didn't even know I had, the mindset that was keeping me stuck. And I'm someone who's really, really big on mindset. So to me, the things that were still holding me back, it was such a surprise. But my business changed, my relationships changed, my headspace changed. And even Darren was like, hey, I don't know what you're doing or who you're talking to on Monday mornings, but you need to keep doing it because it is working. So today, Lise is on the podcast, and we are going to dive into what she does, what it was like working with me, what's holding most people back, and we're going to dive into what was actually holding me back. And I'm going to give you a hint. It was some messed up messages that I received in my childhood that really creep into my adult life. So definitely some interesting conversations here. Now, before we dive into the podcast, I do want to make sure that you know about the new resource for stepmoms that I just launched. It's called Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life. And it is for stepmoms who are ready for change, who want to feel more in control, who want to set boundaries, improve their relationships, stop feeling so guilty, who want to define their role, get on the same page as their partner, and just 
Minimize that punch in the gut feeling that you often get when a stepmom stressor comes out of left field. And if you're a stepmom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is that that feeling in the gut that you just cannot get rid of. Now, this is not for everyone. This is for the stepmoms who are just done. They're done feeling the way they've been feeling. And they know that this does not have to be their life because it doesn't. It is entirely possible to live a kick-ass life amongst the extra stressors that come with co-parenting and stepmom life, and I want to show you how. So if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, uh, I'm, I'm done feeling like this five years from now, even one year from now, I do not want to feel this way. Check it out. It's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash kickass stepmom kickass life. You can secure your spot. Enrollment is open for a limited time but I am so excited to work with you and so excited to share all of the strategies that I have that are going to change the game for you as well. Now that is that let's get to lease. This is such a good conversation and I cannot wait to share it with you. Let's dive in. Lise, welcome to, well, welcome back to the podcast. This is your second <laughs> you. time on. This is my third. This oh is my, my third God. time. This is your third time on. Well, you're the first person who's ever been on three times. Three times a charm. What can I say? <laughs> well, the first and second were a charm as well. So after the first and second podcast episodes that we did, I hired you as my life coach. Yeah. So for those who missed the first and second podcast episodes, I will link them below for you guys to check out. But for those who aren't familiar with you, can you... Give us, oh gosh, your elevator pitch. Oh, who, yeah. who are, are you, you and what do you have going on? <laughs> Buckle up. I am changing the global conversation on emotional health and self-love. One of the ways I do that is through private coaching. And I really, I work with like high, you know this, I work with high achieving, like very high functioning women. And I help them uh, step into that vision of themselves that they just can't stop dreaming about. Another way in which I do that is I wrote a best-selling book recently. And it is like, when I say changing the global conversation, man, I sold like 250 copies in pre-sale, which blew my mind and is actually blows an industry standard. But it sold in Australia, like I think eight different countries across the continent of Europe, 17 American states seven or eight different Canadian provinces. So I'm not exaggerating when I say changing the global conversation. It felt like it took a handful of pebbles and just threw them out into the world. And now they're landing and creating these massive ripple effects of truly, truly being able to come home to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So, and you are like, you just, what did you just say that you said, well, I'm changing the global conversation. And yeah. the thing that went through my head was like, no shit. You totally... <laughs> You totally, totally are. So let's back up just a quick second for those who, like, how did you get here? How, give us a question. Yeah. You're like, well, how long is the podcast? <laughs> give us like the brief story of you and the transformations and the things that you've overcome to get to this place, because, yeah. you know, you've been through the ringer. Yes. And it's so funny because just last week, like just after the book, the book only came out like a week ago and um, it, it definitely hit number one seller in a couple of different categories, which was really exciting, but it also hit number six in the Amazon movers and shakers category. So I was like, that's so legit. Like that felt so good. I was just behind Kamala Harris and just, the, just ahead of Harry and Megan who released their book on the same day. So it was no just big like, deal. 
no big deal. Like I don't need the validation, but oh my God, it felt so good. And also last week, Thrive Global, Thrive Global did uh, an article on like air quotes, how Lisa Wilcox became an overnight success. And again, I didn't need that validation, but holy shit, did it ever feel good to read that? Because as you know very well, and I know very well, there is no such thing as an overnight success. When you start, when your success starts to be recognized, you have this like collapse moment of like, you're at the end of the marathon, or maybe you're just at like a significant milestone of the marathon where it's like, oh my God, I think I did it. So, you know, over the past five years, they have, they have been, it's been a crazy past five years. And the Cole's notes of that are, um, I decided to leave my marriage. It was picture freaking perfect on the outside. And it was incredibly lonely on the inside. Uh, you know, the family that I had through that partner was this nourishing, nurturing, supportive family and walking away from the marriage also meant walking away from that level of relationship that I had. And it was the most painful and arduous experience of my life. It was also the catalyst in really coming home to myself and truly stepping into who I am as a person. I had a really emotionally abusive childhood when I used that time to really start healing from that and addressing and being very honest about what actually happened when I was growing up. And, um, you know, through that came all of these different, I say in the book, like, if you want to be a phoenix rising, you have to set yourself on fire. And that was a moment of like, I, I kind of feel like I set myself on fire. And through those flames, all of these beautiful things rose up, you know, through tiny little happenstance things. Like I was a stay at home mom. So I was writing a parenting column because I had been a Montessori teacher and I had so much information about kids and families. So I wrote a parenting column, turned it into a blog. Then I learned how to use social media so that people would read the blog. But then I like my social media became uh, an Instagram account that ran mostly as like um, a micro blog. And from there, I went to influencer conferences and I kind of did some influencing, which is where we met. Right. And like everything just cascaded and kind of blended into one another until I realized I had actually been coaching people all along because my love of Instagram turned into starting a mini boutique creative agency with a friend. And we were doing coaching and social media management before anybody was really adopting that yet. And people always turned to my business partner and they were like, so talk to me about branding and sales strategy. And they would turn to me and be like, holy shit, I don't think I can do this. Like my husband thinks this is just a hobby and I'm hell bent on proving to him that it's not like, this is what I want to do. So again, fast forward a couple of years, people started reaching out to me again and being like, would you consider coaching me? So I was like, oh my God, yes, this is what I've been doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Went back, got some coaching credentials, which was awesome. That just totally next leveled the experience, I think, of working with me. And then um, and then I got breast cancer. Like just Fuck. at the moment where I thought it was like, okay, I'm in this. I got breast cancer. And rather than treat breast cancer as the end of the road, I was like, I'm going to make this beautiful. I'm going to make this experience my own. I'm going to make it incredibly purposeful. And during my chemotherapy treatments, I wrote a book proposal. And like you know, that kind of, and I started a podcast, which is also like a top rated podcast. And so now it kind of fast forwards us to this moment, looking back of like, what just happened? (laughs) A lot, a lot just happened. And you know, I'm a single mom of three. So there's, there are layers of co-parenting and blended family and solo parenting all embedded in there too. Right. And it's just like, wow. (laughs) Wow. This is really, what is life? Yeah. What is life? Well, I love it. I love it. 
Okay. So all of that happens. You are coaching people. You have this like number one book. It's going to be number one. I'm saying that and putting it out there for you, for us. Cause I just, honestly, you are a light. And every time I get off a conversation with you, I'm like, I have a fire lit underneath my ass. I start to think that things are possible that I never thought were possible. Mm -hmm. And that's why I work with you. And so let's dive into that because this is going to be a conversation with my life coach. We're going to dive into that because I've had a lot of people reach out and be like, okay, you're working with a life coach. Who is she? What she's all about? And I just wanted to wait until we were kind of midway through the process or maybe we're more than midway through. Uh I don't really know. Actually, I don't think that I'm going to let you go. I think this is probably (laughs) going to be an ongoing thing. But so you and I work together. Can you share what is that like, like to work with me? And I know that that's a weird question for me to be asking, but like, let's just dive into what we're doing and what that process has been like for you. Easy. So easy and so satisfying because you are like, you are my ideal client, right? And to pause there for one second, um, because we're doing this kind of as like a live call, it's very important to me that you know, and that everybody listening knows that when we work together, it's exceptionally confidential. Like it's a role I take so seriously. I would never say to anybody that you're my client, except for now you have said you're my client. So like, as long as you're cool with this, we can talk about this. I'm very cool with this. I'm not going to like dive into secrets or anything, but it's just very important to me that it is, it's such an intimate role. I actually, I just did a post on Instagram the other day because I hate, I hate the expression life coach because to me, I'm so meta and cerebral. It's like, it feels so reductionist. Like, you know, from working with people one-on-one, I know from working with people one-on-one, it's such an emotionally intimate connection that like coach is easy for SEO to understand. And it's easy for like the brain to understand. Yeah. It's an experience. It's not like a coach. It's a, it's a fucking experience. Right. So, yeah. and you know what, let's dive into that before we dive into sure. that first question, because I find it so frustrating right now yes. because anyone and their mom can call themselves a life coach, Yes, which you know, I'm sure there was once upon a time when people saw that I was doing some coaching, they're like, who is she to coach? But yeah, Yeah. It's so hard because when I tell people I'm a life coach and when I tell people that I coach stepmoms and, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. starting to dive into, you know, business coaching and all of that, I kind of feel, I don't know. It just, I I don't feel confident in saying it because because it's it's such a stupid, (laughs) like there are so many people. And I think I actually read this on one of the posts that you made there are so many people whose lives are in shambles and who have no business helping anyone do anything and they are calling themselves a life coach. And, you know, who am I to judge that? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are and what you can do and what your capabilities are, but I'm also a little bit, it it, it rubs me the wrong way because I don't, yeah, yeah, it makes you feel like you're not legit when you're legit. And it's, I mean, it's such a buyer beware industry. And I, and I've done a podcast on this too, but like, I feel like the female empowerment brand is such a buyer beware industry because I know people like really respected people who on social media pretend to be these great champions of women. And then you look into their real life where, for example, you work with them and you're like, you hate women. Like you don't support women. You are interested in you and you alone. You offer no support. You are so ego-based. There's so much narcissism happening. It's like, 
but you're a respected leader in this space. Like that doesn't feel right. And I feel like it's just, I mean, it's not even a competition thing. It's, it's just a matter of time. Authenticity always wins. It always mm-hmm. wins. And so for me, it's like, sure, let's use the word coach. Understanding what we're actually talking about is mentorship, you know? And I think that there's such a, there's such a huge spectrum and there's such a huge range of coaching because there's such a huge spectrum and range of people. So you tend to find the coach who you really need at the time. And very often, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this too, as a client and as a coach, like you work with somebody at a certain point of the journey or of the voyage. And then that's so complete that you don't actually need to work with them again, because then you move on to the next thing or they move on to the next phase. Right. To me, coaching is like, I feel I have this vision of everybody's on their own path. And I think that my coaching is like, you know, I don't mean this in respect to business or in life, but in some aspect, there's, we're on a very similar path and I can turn around to the person who's like a couple steps behind me and offer my hand to just help pull them forward. I work with people all the time who make more money than I do, whose businesses are like bigger than mine. And still there's that foundational component in their life where it's like, man, and this is my ideal client, by the way, of like somebody who has it all. They've checked off all the boxes. They've done everything right. And they're like, so how come I still have anxiety all the time? Or how come I have this like lingering feeling of self-doubt and imposter syndrome? And that's, that's who I work with. I tend to work with the people who are at the top because it's so fucking lonely at the top. When you are at the top of your game, you're carrying the, the weight and you can because you're incredibly capable, but like that's a blessing and a curse, right? The curse of that is that who's asking if you're okay, who's checking in on you when your business is growing and scaling and your life is growing and scaling, who do you turn to, to bounce ideas off of? It, it mm-hmm. sounds so simple, but it's like friendships aren't designed to handle that. Most marriages aren't designed to handle that. And so for me, that's what the coaching relationship is about. It's like, congratulations on creating exactly what you've created. Now let's talk about some of the stuff that actually scares you because you're still allowed to be human and let's heal that stuff so that you can really feel grounded and at peace and secure with exactly who you are at every stage of your life so that you can keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And it's about it's about the challenging too. Like you're challenging that thought process. And that's what I found was super helpful for me. You know, there's things that I, well, you know, we, let's dive into that. Okay. But you know what, let's backtrack. (laughs) So let's talk about, let's go back to the original question. This is actually part of the things we talk about in my coaching is how I'm all over the place and like doing (laughs) so many things at once. I would call it a spiral model of thinking. So (laughs) whatever, it's like a bowl of spaghetti. Um, Okay. So what's it like working with me? What's that like? Easy and dreamy because you are somebody who you're so clear on what you want. And when you're not clear on what you want, you're also clear on that, right? So like, that's really easy. Another component of working with you is that you're somebody who isn't just like, not that I have any clients that are like this, but it's not like, oh, one day I would love to do this. You're like, I actually want to create X, Y, and Z. So we talk about the emotional blocks or whatever the blocks are that are preventing that. And then you're like, okay, cool. I worked through that. And now I finished X, Y, and Z. I feel amazing. It's like, okay, like this is what I'm here for, right? Like this is lasting change you're creating lasting change and you are somebody who's so self-aware and so uh, open to creating that lasting change, even if it means having your current patterns interrupted and your current thought 
behaviors, action, interrupted. That's why you hire me because you want to create lasting change in your life. If you're somebody who doesn't, and a lot of people are like, I'm too afraid to work with you because they don't, they're too afraid to interrupt those patterns, even though they're not happy with them. Right. So that's why it's like dreamy to work with you because it's like, Hey, Jamie, you're saying this. I'm, I'm hearing you say this. Let me mirror it back to you. Yes, that is what I'm feeling. Okay, cool. Have you thought about this? Have you considered this? Hmm, interesting how we can observe A, B, and C all happening in different areas of your life. You get the aha moment. You take action. You do your thing. You feel great. I, you, I feel great. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So what do you think was holding me back? Because I know when I wanted to, when I decided to sign up for you with you, yeah. I, first of all, I didn't know what you were going to do because I didn't fully understand it, but I was just kind of, I just felt pulled to work with you. And I was, I was like, this is either going to be the biggest waste of money and the weirdest thing I've ever done, (laughs) or it is going to change the game. And I'm ready to take that. Like, I'm willing to take that risk. I had no idea. And then even when I try to describe what you do to people, I was like, I'm sorry, this is not sounding right. Um, You're just going to have to check out our Instagram. I can't fully do it. This is my greatest challenge. This is my greatest marketing challenge. This is my greatest block to like growth because I don't know how to explain this in words. And I started to say to people recently, it's, it, it sounds so arrogant and it sounds so douchey. So forgive me. I feel like I'm the wizard of Oz. Like, Jamie, what do you need? Come to me and we're going to figure that out and we'll, I'm going to help you get there. You know, Joe Blow down the street, what does he need? Okay, he can come to me and I'm going to help him get there. I feel like I understand the human experience. I have like crazy high emotional intelligence. Like it's crazy high. I feel like I understand the emotional experience. I have had such a challenging life and also such a life of privilege that there's like, it's so blended together that I think I understand the emotional experience. And because I'm so cerebral and I like to get very contextual and very granular, I think my strength, one of my strengths is that I look for patterns that other people don't know exist. And I don't know, how do you make that SEO friendly? I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. I can tell you most of the people who come to work with me say almost that exact sentence. I don't know why I need to work with you. I don't really know what you do. But I know that I just, I'm feeling really drawn to working with you. And it's like, either this is going to become my marketing campaign or I have more work to do internally. It's going to be like word of mouth for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So you're talking about things that are holding people back. What was holding me back? What do you think was really, and you can say it like, okay, okay. let's, let's go, let's get really real. Cause I do think that there, you know, you were just talking about people who look at people online or people who, you know, appear like they're super successful and no one asks them if they're okay. Everyone thinks that everything is great. No one thinks that there's any struggle there. And I am a walking, I question myself all the time and I'm constantly reevaluating things, which is a really great thing. And I do think it's one of my strengths because I'm always checking in and wanting to go to the next level. But I found myself in this pattern of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And there, there was just, there's a lot of blocks there. And I still do believe there are a lot of blocks, things just kind of holding me back. So what do you think? I'm going to, I'm going to make it so for you, but what do you think has been the biggest block in making you grow forward or holding you back? Ugh. well, I didn't think you were going to be questioning (laughs) me. Um, I think that you know, I, I think that people look at other people online or they're looking at people that they look up to. And for some reason, they think they can achieve that. Mm-hmm. And 
I believe sometimes I'll be, I'll be in the imposter, it's the imposter syndrome or uh, I can't do that or my life isn't like that or I, I, I would never be able to grow like that. Yeah. And I do think it comes with the people who you surround yourself with, the messages that you were told as a child. Um, it's, just, it's just so loaded, all the messages that you're receiving all the time. So I think I don't fully have an answer to that. So I do think that you need to answer that question. <laughs> but you hit, that. you hit it on the head. You, but that's it, right? This, um, I'm not even going to call it a fear, but almost a reluctance to take up the kind of space that you are very much on your way to taking up space. Yes, it's early programming. Yes, it's people you surround yourself with. Honestly, sometimes I think there's a Canadian element. Like I think it's so easy to look to the US and be like, oh, she's a household name, she's a household name, but you know, we're in Canada, so. And I think we kind of forget that like, it's equally as possible in Canada to become this person, like this mm -hmm. person that everybody knows. So I think observationally and from what we've talked about, that is the block. It's this reluctance to step into this like big version of you. Where does that block come from? Well, then it gets really interesting, right? Because then we start to look for those patterns of observation and patterns on repeat. And where are those fears coming from? What are those fears telling you as feedback? What stories have you created or what stories has somebody else created that you have chosen to follow? And then where is that all stored and how do we let it go? And I, I think that's it. Sometimes I think it's like a fear of being seen. I don't think this is unique to you, by the way, but it's that like genuine fear of being seen. And when you are successful and when you're becoming more successful and you're about to take that like big breath leap into like, oh my God, I'm going to take the next step. There's, it's, it's layered with vulnerability mm -hmm. because I think it's naive to gloss over the human experience or the human condition of like, what happens if this doesn't work out? You know, like, of course you have to think that because that's a natural response. And I think the work that we do together allows you to safely feel that as a strong, capable, overachieving, like shit together woman, it allows you to feel that feeling safely and feel through like, okay, what if this doesn't work? And find out what that's triggering inside of you so you can address that, start to heal it, and then move forward with like, okay, this might not work, but honestly, judging on everything I know about me and what I've done, it, it probably will. Yeah. Does that resonate? Yeah, for sure. And it comes back to the fear, the fear of what people will think, the fear yeah. of being judged, the fear of people in your life not liking what you're doing and, yeah. and all of that. And I think that's what's holding so many people back. So many people, actually, I just had a question. Stage. Yeah, I just did a question. This is not a bit about entrepreneurship. This is about everything in life. Oh, yeah. I just did a question on my Instagram stories asking people what kind of content they want. And one of the questions was, how do you get over the fear of what other people think? And for me, I think even starting this platform, if I really wanted to get deep and why did I want to start this platform? Why did I want to be so public about this? Because throughout my whole life, everyone thought I was going to fail. Like yeah. I was a bad kid. Yeah. I quote unquote bad kid. Uh, when my parents got divorced, I rebelled. I had attitude. I got in trouble. I had anger issues. I always managed to screw it up. Mm -hmm. And there were people in my life who I know were waiting for me to fail. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost like I got more attention from them when I did fail than when I was successful because it it kind of screwed with the story they were telling themselves too, right? 
So then, you know, I go to university and I do really well in university. I get this job at the bank and, uh, which is a great job and you could climb the corporate ladder, all the things. And I freaking hated it. So then I quit and I went back to waitressing, which was against everyone else's rules, right? Like Jamie's a screw up again. And then I fall in love with this man with kids. And it's like, oh my God, what is Jamie thinking? Does she know what she's getting herself into? Which by the way, I did not, but I've managed so far. Um, But it was really, I think in life, everyone was expecting me to fuck up. And I think that's the story that I tell myself all the time. I think in the back of my head, it's like, you're going to fuck this up. You're going to fuck this up. Right. And it's like, I don't think we realize, and you've really taught me this, how much our childhood impacts how we show up every day. And it's huge. It's epically huge. And I really think I'm not a psychologist, you know, I'm not a therapist, you know that too, but I'm like, a a total psych nerd. And I love reading about psychology and absolutely I start to embed it in in, in the way that I can, right? What I have learned is that when we have those core wounds, when we have those like really high impact moments, even if they don't appear significant at the time, it's a part of us. And again, I think it's naive to gloss over that. It's not like we can heal so much from our past, even at this deep subconscious level where we hold on to all that stuff without even knowing it. It's like, you just know it's true. Well, how do I know I'm going to fail? Well, I just know it's true. Like I just always have done that. It's just always been my life, right? It's not true. It's a total construct, but it's a narrative that has been created from the beginning. So because of how the brain works, you're inclined to keep following that pattern unless you consciously choose to break it consciously choosing to break a pattern takes a lot of work, which is why most people don't. And they choose to remain unhappy for the rest of their lives, period. But when we can appreciate that wound happened, like you can't unring the bell, you cannot change the past. It's a part of you. What you can do, which is again, where I think I excel, which is where you excel as a client in this regard. It's like, so be aware of what that triggering experience is. Be aware of that story. And instead of shaming it or feeling shitty about it, name it. Be very, very honest with yourself of like, I'll tell you, I have a deep fear of abandonment and of being unlovable. I know that. I don't feel like I'm going to be abandoned. I don't think I'm unlovable. I don't believe that anymore. And in those triggering situations, I know that's my go-to response because that was my formative experience. That's there. So the rest of my life becomes... Be, maybe getting triggered or being aware of that trigger and, res- and choosing to respond differently. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to have imposter syndrome. You're allowed to have that feeling of like, oh shit, I might fuck this up again. You're allowed to feel that. And then the next level part of it that we do in our work together is being like, okay, where is this coming from? How have I experienced this before? Is this actually a true story? hang on, if it's not true, how can I come up with five examples right now of the, of the ways in which this is not true for me anymore? There's nothing overnight about this process. So, you know, when somebody asks you, like, how do you overcome that fear of failure? Fucking relentless work. It's like, what makes a marriage work? Relentless communication, constant checking in on each other's needs. That's the work of a marriage the work of your self-partnership and truly having this foundational, foundational element of self-love, self-acceptance and emotional health is truly being in constant communication with yourself of like, Ooh, that sucked. Oh, that's because I feel so jealous. Wait, why do I feel jealous? Oh shit. 
because I think this reminds me of that moment when, okay, hang on a second. That happened when I was five. I know that's not real anymore. Is it possible? I'm just transferring. Okay, I'm good to go. You know, there's like, there's so much conversation. It's a muscle that you're flexing. And that takes so much effort, in my opinion, to not do that work is way more effort. Like feeling like shit all the time and feeling a pervasive sense of sadness that won't go away, prevent pervasive sense of competition and threat and resentment. That's so painful and it's so heavy to carry that a hundred times out of a hundred, I would choose doing the emotional work as opposed to hanging on to the emotional weight that isn't even mine to carry. Oh, for sure. And I know there's people who, you know, in my life and who follow along or, or whatever, and they'll say, you're constantly like, oh, yes. personal development. Like, do you ever get sick of the personal development? And yeah, absolutely. I do. I do think there's a time and space. And it's like you were saying, you do sometimes outgrow things. And yes. then it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? But I'm constantly checking in with myself and saying, yeah. am I being the type of mom I want to be, the type of wife, the type of entrepreneur, the type of person to myself, yeah. checking in, like, how am I showing up? And how does this feel right now? How does life feel right now? So and I think that, yeah. for the most part, it should feel like you're moving okay. forward and good. And, and there's two things. Like one, there's a misnomer that like, when you do this work, you're going to feel happy all the time. Nope. Because that's not what the human experience is about. But feeling grounded, feeling whole, feeling full or centered, and just kind of content. If you can feel that way most of the time, congratulations, you've learned how to game your own system and truly embody like what this is all about, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not about being happy all the time. It's about being content with who you are and where you are. It's about realizing, you know, I have this crazy ex or I have this insane person in my life or I have an, a, a chronic illness. That, that is happening. How do I make that my own? How do I make this my story and how do I flow with it as opposed to fighting it all the time. You know, there's so much acceptance involved. And I think when we sink into that or really commit to that um, acceptance state, that's how you win. <laughs> that's how you win this game mm -hmm. is because you realize that it is, it's just about how you feel in the moment and you actually have choice and control over how that is. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking back to, you know, this is the stuff I tell my stepmoms in my community all the time. It's how do you thrive amongst the tough stuff? Like yes. you can live a kick-ass life amongst the challenges. Yes. You got a crazy high conflict ex-wife. Okay. You have financial hardships. You have whatever it is that's going on in your life. Yes. That is part of the human experience. You yes. can feel content and happy and thrive amongst it. You're yes. not going to feel that way all the time. You're still going to have those emotions and those ebbs and flows, but yes. overall you can still live that great life amongst it all. And I think sometimes people get so caught up in worrying about all of these things that they can't control that they forget that there's so much that they can, yes. but that's a whole lot of freaking work. Well, and it's also totally not sexy, right? It's not sexy to be like, no matter what happens, I will be okay. That's true. And that is healthy. Thinking like, oh my God, if my partner died, I would never recover. That's not healthy. That is a codependent framework that we've created and we've supported in Hollywood but if you are truly living an independent life as part of an interdependent whole, you know that while there would be grief, while there would be trauma, while there would be tragedy, you know you would still be okay. And that's just like, it's this Buddhist approach to life that it's like, nothing is good or bad, it just is. And how do we like, it's kind of big picture, but how do we get into that state of just 
acceptance. And, you know, I have no breasts. I chose to remove my breast during cancer. That at the time, I thought it was going to tank me because I'm single. I was like, I will never find a partner because I don't have boobs anymore. And now I'm like, I don't know how this is possible, but like, I've never felt more confident or beautiful or sexy or attractive in my life. Oh, wait, I am so secure in who I am. Nothing can fuck with that. You know, it's like this radical shift in thinking. It's so radical and it's so quiet because it's so individualized. Like you feel the shift and then people around you will be like, you seem different. You seem more grounded. You know, like what's going on in your life right now? Um, the other thing I was going to say about that, like constant pursuit of self, uh, self-development that can unfold in two ways. One, it becomes a reach for people. Sometimes people just get like, they read every book, they listen to every podcast, they do every course and they never take action. Mm-hmm. They remain in constant inspired mode. They're, I feel so inspired. I feel so motivated. Cool. What have you fucking done with that inspiration? Like now, <laughs> this is so bad, but like now people are like, you're such an inspiration. And I'm like, damn it, I shouldn't be. Like I shouldn't be inspiring you to take action in your life. Don't be inspired by me. Do the work. But nonetheless, um, there's like that camp of just constant reaching for more inspiration without doing the other work. But the flip side is that what you do, I believe, is you have that self-reflective quality because you're checking in in a forward-moving way. Now, the opposite of that, imagine being in a marriage in which those two people were not checking in on the marriage. Imagine being someone's client who wasn't checking in on the user experience of that relationship. You know, if Nike made a pair of shoes and then never checked on the quality of their shoes again, it would be a really shitty running shoe. So for you to be a service-based business, and a mom, and a stepmom, and a wife, and a sister, and a friend. To me, like living an engaged life, appreciating that you are an active co-creator of your experience in this life, it demands that level of self-reflection and and checking in. It's like self-communication, right? To me, it's so basic. And I know it's not basic. I know that it's like, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a point of arrival. But to me, that's like, of course you have to check in because then how will you know if you're actually moving forward or if you're staying stuck? And I think that staying stuck is the kiss of death for like business, life, love, like for everything. Yeah. I went to a conference once with my husband and we talk, we talk about this all the time and I've mentioned in other podcasts Mm -hmm. where one of the speakers said, don't be complacent right? Don't just be complacent with how life is. I, you should always be kind of checking in and striving for the next thing and striving for more. And, and I don't mean that in that you can't be happy with where you're yeah. at, but if you're not growing, what's the point? You're dying. You're dying, right? <laughs> like, I think that's a Rachel Hollis quote. I think so. It's Tony Robbins. It's, it? Oh, well, wah, wah. Um, another topic for a different day. So yeah, like, I, I just think there is something behind always trying to do better and be better. And I think that if you're not, you're just kind of living. I, I'm, if you can't see me right now because this is on video, but it's like, you're just like a straight line. Like there's, there's just no oomph to it. And I think the human experience needs to have some oomph and discomfort to move forward. Well, and I think one of the really interesting things about that is that part of that checking in, you might check in and be like, oh my God, everything is great. Or mm-hmm. like, 
I'm so proud of where my business is right now. I'm actually, I'm just going to leave it here for a minute and enjoy it. Like that's part of the self-reflection too, is actually having that presence to come back to the present moment and be like, holy shit. When I wrote the book, for example, like when I released the book, I would, people were like, how do you feel? How do you feel? And at first I was like, I don't know how to feel because I have no idea what happens next. Like I've been working towards this goal for so many years and now it's done. And, but now that headspace is like, oh my gosh, I don't know what happens next. How cool is that? Like, I, like I've launched this thing and now I'm able to just sit in it and be curious about it and dwell in it. And that's a huge part of the self-reflection. In your marriage, you might check in and be like, you know what? Things feel so good. Or maybe they need work. Or maybe our kids need this level of attention they weren't getting before, whatever it is. Without self-reflection, you actually don't get that invitation to even like clap for yourself in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you think about it, we're trained not to clap for ourselves. I, I was super proud when we started this podcast episode because you're like, I'm doing this and this is what I do <laughs> and this is who I am. And even I get super weird when someone asks me to tell my story yeah. and what do I do? I My elevator pitch really sucks. I just don't really know how to describe what I do and yeah. all of that. But it's because we follow these rules in life that are such bullshit Mm -hmm. that you can't be proud of yourself that a woman who you know sings their own praise or talks about their accomplishment is cocky or Mm -hmm. conceited or bitchy or Mm -hmm. whatever and you know we're following these rules and living our life by rules that we don't actually believe and that's what's holding us back and so much of that though comes from our nature as human beings And like our species, you know, I say this in the book, like you can take away the clothes, the cars, the takeout pizza, and suddenly we're actually just animals. Like we're just a very unique kind of animal. And because we're a pack animal that is like we thrive and live in groups, we are genetically predisposed and programmed to check in with what the rest of the group is doing. So we can make sure that what we're doing actually aligns with what the rest of the group is doing because that means like you know if we're a part of the group we live if we're not a part of the group we're we die and so so much of that i think is part of our own programming but at the same time that we are animals we're not like we're also this evolved species so i think we're still fighting some internal programming which has been backed up not by a couple years generations worth of social programming like generations you know how long it takes to undo generations worth of shit? Like it takes generations to undo that stuff. Well, I've been trying to undo a lifetime of shit and it's only 35 years or 39 over here. And it's like, it takes time. Right. And, but you're right. There are these wake up moments in our life and you've had them where it's like, I don't even believe this. Like, but I have really done something special and I want to share that with the world. And for me, I, I just got so tired of like, not being proud of myself and like not being seen that it's like, you know what? I did this cool thing and I'm just going to be really honest about it. <laughs> and if people reject me for it, I'm actually okay with it now because I don't, I don't need to feel that level of inclusion anymore. Like I used to, even a few mm-hmm. years ago, I really needed that. And now I'm like, whatever, man, <laughs> I'm cool. So. Yeah. And I think that's, com- that comes when you're fine with who you are, but again, it, it starts with a lot of work. Yeah. That is a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still in the process. I still get I still get caught up with those old 
thought patterns. I, you know, even when Darren and I first got together, it was almost like, honestly, before I was with Darren, no one ever told me I was beautiful. No one ever told me that I would accomplish anything. No one ever told me that I was going to be successful. Like no one ever told me anything. And then there's this man, like Darren loves me. Yeah. Like he, I just, I, I just know like my, and people say to me all the time, they'll have drinks with Darren, like, you know how much your husband loves you? And I was like, I know how much my husband loves me. Like he really loves me. But the very beginning of our relationship, I, I would drive, be driving and be like, things are really, really good right now. And then all of a sudden within 24 hours, I kid you not, we would be in a fight Yeah, and it would be me. I was, you know, looking for a fight or sabotaging something yeah. and because it, that, that relationship did not, it was align. not, it did not align with the story that I had told yeah. myself. And yeah. I keep thinking back to our conversation and I tell my coaching clients this all the time now. It's like, is the story you're telling yourself right now true? Yeah. Like, stop, mm-hmm. ask yourself. Cause all of our insecurities and all the things holding mm-hmm. our, us back there, it's just bullshit stories that we've mm-hmm. learned from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not true. It's not true. But I think I used this example with you before, but like, you can imagine though, if every single day of your life, you look up at the sky and somebody's like, that's called blue. You're like, okay, obviously it's blue then. And you experience blue. And then one day you wake up and somebody, somebody random is like, no, it's green. And you're like, wait, what? No, it's blue. Like it's such a conflict because it goes against everything you know to be true. It feels that weird. So subconsciously, if nobody's ever really seen you or valued you or loved you or like really reveled in your beauty because you know that you're a naturally beautiful woman suddenly to have somebody who you love and respect and admire is giving that attention and affection to you your brain can't handle it it goes Mm -hmm. unless until you do the work of like choosing to undo it but at the time your brain can't handle it and it's such an affront it feels like it's a safety and security violation which is why your brain is like, and what can we do? What can we do? Oh, I know we can act that shit crazy. That ought to push him away. Good. Push him away. And now it confirms everything I already believe to be true. And yeah. you know, you've already seen how you've overridden so much of that because you're in this really beautiful marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you were able to undo some of that programming and unlearn some of those stories. I love the analogy though, that like, it doesn't mean that wound is gone, right? That's probably a trigger for you. It's probably a core wound. And, you know, if you can imagine that you like you, you cut your arm, like you cut your arm in the kitchen with a knife and then it heals, you have a scar on your arm and you probably don't even notice it. Right. Then one day you're cooking at the stove again, it's a gas stove and your arm just gets a little bit too close to that flame. And all of a sudden it's like such a jolt. You're like, oh, my God, I forgot that scar was even there, but it's really sensitive tissue. So obviously it feels the heat first. We have emotional scar tissue. So when you get close to one of those really triggering moments or one of those very hot moments, your emotional scar tissue is triggered. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like, where is this coming from? And that's when you start to engage this other part of your being, of your brain. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's just some old scar tissue. I'm just going to give it some love and attention and affection and see what it needs to further heal. You don't judge your arm for having a cut on it. You don't shame yourself for being clumsy. It's just like, oh, right. I just need a little more attention there. Our emotions are like that too. Like we're constantly getting feedback from how we feel. And when we listen to that feedback, it gives us these like crazy valuable insights as to what still needs to heal deep down. When we repress it or we shame it or we ignore it or like we reach and reach and reach for other stuff, we're ignoring 
like part of our true self that is calling out for our attention that we're choosing to ignore. You tell me which is a healthier way of moving forward, right? Like which is a more embodied and more empowering way of living your life. Mm -hmm. And it's uncomfortable, guys. Like it is so, so uncomfortable. You know, you even followed up on a couple calls. Are you okay? Are you going to be okay today? I was like, oh my God. But it's a lot. I will say in working with you and going through these conversations and, you know, dissecting the stories I've been telling myself, my business has grown. My relationships have grown. I just feel so much more confident in what I have going on and what I'm doing. And it was me who did the work. That, yeah. That's the thing that I think that don't people don't fully understand. You just have to have someone who's asking you the right questions and challenging you. You know, it, this, we, we've been pretty deep, but it's even like, let's talk about, we wanted to, I wanted to hire a videographer. I said, I just yeah. want to get to the point where I can hire someone to do my videos. <laughs> and I said, I'm just not there yet. I just can't invest in that right now. And um, maybe in a year or so, but that that's my big goal. My big goal. And you're like, okay, well, what would it take? How much would it cost? How much time would it save you? How much this? How much that? And ask me all these questions. And then I realized, oh, okay, well, I, and I had a videographer scheduled and hired within like 48 hours, 48 hours, right? <laughs> it's even having someone challenging you on just this, the things that are holding you back. Like, why, why can't you? Why can't you do that? What story are you not- telling yourself? And I hope that it's never come across as like, why can't you? Like, it's very much like, no, really, why can't you? Like, if that's if that's your reality, cool, just talk to me about that. Like, what, why, what's stopping you? And if you're like, oh my God, because we've got like, you know, sick kids and we've got to pay all these medical bills. Like, oh, I totally get that. Okay, so then maybe March of 2021, would that be a good goal? Like, sometimes that's how those conversations go. But usually those conversations go, and like, for the record, I have them with myself too. Those conversations are like, no, I can't do that. It's just like too expensive or it's, I don't have the time. And it's like, okay. So if you did have the money or you did at the time, what would that look like? And then you actually just start to critically think about it. And you don't just gloss over or hide behind all the reasons why it can't happen because people love to hide behind, I can't afford it. Sorry, it's true. People are like, I can't afford it. Well, most of the time, most people can. I know that's not a blanket truth, but for most people, it is true. They're just choosing not to allocate those funds in a particular way. I, I, like I see it all the time. People wh- whose kids play like, rep hockey, rep soccer, they do all these things. And they're like, but I could never go on a date night. I'm like, there's a problem here. Or, you know, my kids are in all these sports or whatever. And, you know, we've gone on this epic vacation, but oh my God, I could never afford coaching with you. And I'm like, yes, you can, but you're choosing not to. And when you choose not to, and you use that language, it's a very uncomfortable feeling because it now puts you back in the driver's seat of your life. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge aspect. I'm like nice. I'm a nice person. But yes, I challenge you because I really believe in asking those questions, much like a mom. <laughs> you know, there's like, I think, yes. and you can tell me if you think this is true, but I'm a very nurturing person. And I feel like I can deliver hard truths or challenging questions in that very supportive way that makes people feel seen and heard and supported and like they're allowed to try. They're allowed mm-hmm. to try it, right? Right. And it's not like a high stakes game of like, you better succeed at this. It's like, I don't know, Jamie, call the videographer, see what he says. Yeah. Like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and, and it was the best thing that, I, you know, and yeah. he, here's something I want people to really understand. And maybe this comes from the business. I don't, I don't know if it's just business, but investing in a life coach and investing in this videographer, my business has grown, right? Because when you spend your time or you spend your resources, allowing yourself to grow personally 
or to free up time to grow your business. You know, I just recorded a course. There's 16 videos in the course. It would have taken me at least four hours each video. 16 times four, a lot of hours. Yes, 32, 64. 32. That saved me basically a, a week's worth of work. Yeah. And I recorded them in the morning. Wild. Right. And so how much I can, how much can I do in that week to move my business forward that now I don't have to do. Right. So I just think it's, we're, we just kind of tell ourselves just stories that aren't true. And if you change the way you think about the way you spend your time and your resources and all the things, it it really can make a huge difference. Well, and I think that then you can add this, and this is, again, this is a real point of evolution and arrival, but you can add that playful quality to it, right? Instead of looking at all the reasons why not, you can actually just ask yourself, like, why not? Like, why not? How about I just try this? It's scary. It's new. I don't even know if I can do this, but What's the worst that can happen? I would fail. Okay. And if I fail, what's going to happen? Oh, nothing. Somebody at a dinner party where I'm not present might say something mean. Who fucking cares? Like live your (laughs) life and do what you want to do. If it doesn't work out, okay, it doesn't work out. But like chances are it probably will work out. And if it doesn't work out in the way in which you intended, then you're going to learn some kind of crazy valuable lesson from it that you're allowed to then take forward with you onto the next thing anyway, right? And as you have learned very recently, and I'm sure at many other times in your life, even if you didn't know it, it's all so bloody interconnected. So when you remove a block in your emotional body, it actually removes a block from your business and from your relationships and from your parenting. Like when you actually have the courage and you invest the energy, be it time or money, whichever one, when you invest that in moving the block, everything starts to flow more. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so if we shift into the notion that it's going to cost you your time or it's going to cost you your money or it's going to cost you your mental energy, like instead of thinking about, oh man, I'm such a failure, I might be an imposter. How about we hire a coach to help you work through that shit so you don't really have to think about that or you don't have to waste your time worrying about it. You can actually just address the feeling and start to solve the problem. It's like, I don't know. I'm Dutch. I'm a tourist. To me, it's like, it just makes so much more sense this way. (laughs) I know. I know. Oh my God. I could talk to you about this for hours, but I want to wrap this up and just say, you know, I I think about my life and I don't want to be at the end of my life and look back and be like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have taken the chance or that did not go how, as well as it could have. You know, I don't, I don't want to look back and I always try to ask myself, like, what would my 95 year old self say about this? Or that's a huge, huge question. I don't even know where I read that, but it's, it's really changed the way that I look at moving forward in life. And this has really helped me feel better about where I'm at and know that it's just kind of, we're just, we're just getting started. Yeah, a hundred percent. I like to call it zooming out because we get so caught up, like being present and mindful is incredibly important. And you also have to allow yourself to zoom out and like look down on your life, right? And when you zoom out, you can see this is just a moment in time. And when you look at this moment in time for you specifically compared to like any other moment in your life, you're fucking awesome. Like, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're building. Look at the person you're becoming and you're not done yet. Like how special is that? At this moment, you've achieved so much and you've achieved so much internally, not just externally. Like you've come so far internally that's so magical. And you're only in your thirties. 
Like you have so many more years ahead of you. You have so many more people who are going to come into your space and who are going to learn from you and pay that forward. Like, how can you not get like so turned on and shivery by this? Because it's just, this is actually how we change the freaking world. We just show up and give ourselves permission to be who we are. And then we watch, like we just watch the magic. Yeah. And you know what's so messed up? As (laughs) you were saying that, I was like so uncomfortable, right? Because we still get uncomfortable feeling and hearing those things. So anyway, that's a different session. We can dive into that (laughs) for sure. But all right. So where can people buy your book? Uh, The best place is lisawilcox.com on my site. Yeah. We will link it down there for everyone. Buy the book guys. Honestly, I have to tell you, Working with Lise has changed the game for me. Darren's like, so this life coach is, <laughs> I thought you were wasting money, but you know, it's, it's really, really changed things for you. I'm like, yes, it has. It totally has. And Thank when you. you get a partner on board, specifically well, the husband who thinks This is my things- new strategy. You were the second client in a week who has actually used her husband as a referral. Like one of my clients was talking about me to a friend, which is a gift. And the friend was like, I'm not really sure. And my client was like, talk to my husband and ask him about the changes that he's seen. And I was, and now you saying this, but Darren, I'm like, oh shit. The untapped resource of husband testimonials is coming up. Yeah. Cause they (laughs) normally think that we're a little uh, crazy in our ideas. So when you get a husband's stamp of approval, you're good to go. I'm into it. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, I'm going to link all of your links and all things Lisa Wilcox. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> we need to book a call. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I will chat with you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share on social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.